Come on in, guys, because it's time for another episode of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. My name is Alex, your host and guide through our Outwatch Rewatch journey as we recap, react, and rewatch past seasons of Survivor. We are here in Outwatch's fifth season where we are tackling Survivor's 15th season, Survivor China, and we are nearing the home stretch folks today we will be tackling episode 11 an iconic hour of survivor television history titled i'm ready to bite the apple and indeed the apple was bitten before we get into what happened this episode it's time for you to meet the rest of our outwatch crew um as as always it's the same folks as always <laughs> uh first adam welcome to outwatch so good to be here now let's not bury the lead here folks of course this is the episode where james our beloved james is voted out with two idols in his pocket actually probably in his bag their large idols would be have to be very large pockets to hold them which james has he probably has large pockets he's a large man uh and so this had me reminiscing upon our our past Survivor viewership. And of course, Survivor fans know that this moment here is is frequently mentioned as one of the biggest mistakes in Survivor history. James here at the final seven being voted out with two idols um, with a really clear path to the end. Um, and, and so I've wondered of the other Survivor that we've watched, what you think the other biggest fumbling of the bag you've seen so far is adam what's your what's your thought um i think i think that uh i'm gonna go with kagayan uh and i'm going with garrett uh forcing his tribe to sit at the uh the bed camp area before they go to tribal and not allow them to talk about anybody they want to vote off besides whoever it was that he wanted gone (laughs) Which pretty uh, directly led to him getting voted off. <laughs> this isn't fun for me right now. I, I have to be honest. <laughs> yeah, who can forget Garrett's um, just next level thinking here? Nobody, the, nobody played. The poker player. That was the poker player in him. <laughs> yeah, a rich tradition of great <laughs> poker players on Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> now between Jean Robert and Garrett. Uh, Emily, welcome to Outwatch. Thank you for having me. What about you? What is the biggest fumbling of the bag that you have seen to this point? Listen, I've said it before and I'll say it again. My brain is like Swiss cheese. I don't remember <laughs> these <laughs> these events. I think um, the other thing that I say all the time, these are like my party tricks. Um, I, I always say it. If you start getting cocky, then you know you're out. And mm-hmm. I think we've seen survivors make decisions um, out of arrogance that have gotten them into pickles of course who was who was the 18 year old in the last season we watched uh-huh yes <laughs> will see i knew will. this will is what will. i do i bring up a point people build on it and yeah. then i have an answer you're right <laughs> will had that like what happened with him? He had a chance to he, make a decision and he, he was like, this he became, is my chance. Yeah. And then he just blew it. He right? became the swing vote. And yes. then and he was like, I'm going to be the swing vote forever. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. See? The pendulum like, strategy. Like 
<laughs> and yeah, Ken, who talks about yeah honor and integrity. <laughs> Ken made some mistakes too because he almost blew, or he did blow some plans for his tribe because he was so honest. Yeah, imagine. I I think that if Ken if Ken doesn't vote out uh, David Wright at Final Four, maybe we're talking about that as a big blunder. But he does, and you? he still loses. Yeah. But <laughs> pretty badly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ken Scott. wasn't here again, though. He just had a different gameplay. <laughs> he just played old school Survivor. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He had that Matthew Von Ertfelda game. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, welcome to Outwatch. Hello, Scott. Biggest fumbling of the bag so far. Um, so for me, it's a little outside the box. It was Butch stacking a bunch of firewood <laughs> under the camp in the Believe middle in of a rain, like a hot tropical rainforest by a campfire. Not what you want. Uh, <laughs> Poor Butch. Believe in yourself. Damn! <laughs> Can't believe you guys didn't mention um, Wu not voting out Tony Vlachos yeah. in Kagiyan. That is a pretty big blunder. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog styled himself right way, right, right to second place. Boom, Sonic the Hedgehog style. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Woo <laughs> <laughs> Wu update. Uh, he posted on Twitter this week that he's now a licensed real estate agent in California. So, any Californian listeners out there, you can buy a house from Wu. That feels like the next step for him. <laughs> I feel like I would love to buy a house from Wu. Yeah. I was like thinking totally. about it and I was like, no, I'm here for that. Yeah. Especially the beach side. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on here to this episode, which we're covering today. This is episode 11 of Survivor China titled I'm Ready to Bite the Apple. Uh, let's start things out like we often do by taking a stroll down to tree mail and breaking down what happened in this episode. What do you say? Let's do it. Come join me. So we come out of this uh, tense built cliffhanger, which has been building for weeks now, right into a reward challenge, which is a trivia game. <laughs> what a letdown. Uh, the reward challenge is, is Chinese trivia, and the winners get to visit a Shaolin temple. PG wins this and takes Eric and Denise along with her. Uh, which leaves Amanda, Courtney, James, and Todd back at camp, who expect to be the final four, uh, except Amanda's wheels start turning at this point, thinking it might be time to make a move and shake this up. PG, meanwhile, pitches final three to Eric and Denise on their reward. And Amanda starts planting the seeds to blindside James by talking to Courtney about this. At the immunity challenge, we've got a throwing stars competition, which Eric wins clearly plays a lot of darts. You can tell by the form, definitely dart form. Uh, back at camp, things start to get a little bit crazy and um, PG approaches Amanda 
trying um, to tell her that maybe they should vote out James. And Amanda tells PG not to scramble tonight if she knows what's good for her. At Tribal, the rug is pulled over James' eyes. He does not play his idols. And to his surprise, his former alliance have all joined forces to blindside him. And James is voted out here. Five votes to one to one. One lands on Todd, the other on uh, PG. And James, with two idols in tow, is eliminated from the game. Folks, did you see this coming? Were you surprised with the exit of James? I, I was... I wasn't surprised that they did it. I was really surprised that James didn't play the idol. <laughs> it felt like such the right moment for it. So, um, no, I, I wasn't crazy surprised. I don't see what like I don't see what they were so worried about. They were, were never planning on taking him anyway. So it, 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 it feels like. It feels like a really big blind side that ultimately was inconsequential. Interesting. <laughs> yeah there's go ahead i was gonna say we had to be getting close to where like the limit on him being able to play it was right Mm. yep so it would have made sense for him to just play it two in a row if he gets past this tribal there's two more tribals which he can play the idols right so he's he's basically just banking on winning immunity once to guarantee he gets through to the final four yeah yeah so if if he doesn't play the idol and survives this tribal he plays the idol at six he's safe he plays the idol at five he's safe and so he's automatically final four then he just has to win one immunity or survive one vote and he's at final three right but whereas if he had just played it here yeah then like he he just needs to win one immunity challenge to be in the exact same position mm-hmm. and then win another one to be in the final three so yeah. i i don't know it it makes some sense, I guess, that like if he's safe, you knock him out. But also, mm-hmm. it, it's not like he's won. He hasn't won individual immunity. Yeah. He's not like been crushing challenges the way that everyone like seems to want to talk about him. Yeah. Doing. So that that feels weird. Um, It's weird that James didn't play it. Like yeah. that, it, It's like it's like a weird it, it's a weird decision that I'm like, I get. But also, meh. And you know james not playing it is like the biggest mistake he could have made there yeah and from their perspective right this really is the time to get him out because if you don't you do have to wait till final four hope that he doesn't win an immunity and if he does win just that one immunity at four he's at final three and you think he's got a pretty good chance to win at a final three right so yeah Mm -hmm. uh adam you lose james here leaving you with one lone remaining member of your tribe. Um, before we get much further, why don't you give us your take on James game and other than failing to play his idol, what did him in here tonight? Um, honestly, James was just one of those players. It was a really obvious threat. He was really physical. He did so much work around camp he did really well in the challenges. It's kind of uh, no matter how the jury is voting, um, 
whether they are really focused on the mental aspect of the game, the relational aspect of the game, or the physical aspect of the game. James kind of has an answer to all of those questions as to why he should win a million dollars. He honestly, like he did really well in this game kind of early on. I think we had questions about whether he was going to get very strategic. And at the end, I mean, it wasn't like a very high strategy game he was playing, but he had a decent strategy. He knew like this is the way that things need to move. And. You know, he didn't have people he could actually trust surrounding him, which is Survivor. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah. Dice fall where they lay just the way it is. Yeah, James definitely is like one of, if not the star of this season um, out here at Final Seven. I'm sure that if you were to ask your random Survivor viewer on the street, you know, you show them a list of everyone on this cast. They're most likely to recognize James, right? Because he is such a an imposing presence um, and he does return. Um, so Ooh. there's some more recognition there. But yeah, yeah, James, the ultimately, like we've been saying, he has two idols. He has three tribal councils at which to play two of those three idols. And he gets voted out basically at the last opportunity that he can be voted out until final four. So definitely um, a a big mistake (laughs) uh, to, to not play one of those. So let's go ahead and uh, kick things off here with your headlining moments of this episode. Um, What were the most uh, reactable moments here from from this episode? Scott, would you care to lead us off? Um, Sure. So outside of like the James vote, um, for me, it was kind of like the letdown of the opening challenge. Yeah. (laughs) um because yeah there was such a build-up for it and for that to just be like a trivia game it was kind of a air out of a balloon or womp 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 (laughs) it really was such a flop it's like Uh, and you're gonna we're not going anywhere and instead we've got trivia (laughs) (laughs) whatever no less yeah Okay. <laughs> Which it was a sweet reward. I was going to say yeah. the the reward yeah. was going to be is like my highlight of the thing. Yeah. Probably for Emily yeah. too. Yeah. yeah really, it was, it cool. was Denise in the reward. Yeah. It was, it was that for sure. Like I, I have really loved Denise's progression in this game. Yeah. Um, like she's so quickly became, I'm really so happy she's my remaining player. Like it sucks <laughs> to be down to one player, but like the fact that it's Denise, I'm okay with it. Like no matter yeah. if I win or lose. I'm so happy to be rooting for Denise in this, but uh, like from the very beginning, we kind of had like glimpses of her, like she was very reverent in the Buddhist temple and like was really excited to be there and experience these things. Yeah. And then this reward comes along and PG chooses her and PG chooses her pretty much just because uh, she wants to try to sway her onto her side. Like it's completely strategic, which I get, but Denise still like in this moment, it's like, this is, her thing like she she like she's getting her black belt in kung fu and like mm-hmm. all this so it, it was just really cool to see her like in this element and like seeing this other side of her like that she's been like she's the lunch lady 
the entire thing and then it's like oh no like she's almost a black belt yeah, like, yeah. it's like yeah. out of nowhere denise is from? a freaking black belt yeah. <laughs> I, yeah i loved that denise we get to the temple and then we find out like oh yeah this is really interesting to me because i also study martial arts it's like yeah what yeah <laughs> so that was awesome and then i loved that pg got to go on it too mm-hmm. because she she mentioned she didn't like go into it too much but you know she said that her family is from china and yeah. so to be able to experience um, the temple that not a lot of people get to visit was very, very good for her too. And yeah. also she hasn't gotten any rewards. Yeah, that's what I was going to so, say. Yeah. yeah. So for her to have this as her reward, I, I hope that that was meaningful to mm-hmm. her. It seemed that it was. Yeah. Cause they got to go like, it was a good reward. They got to go on a plane and they got to go to this amazing temple that, you know, not a lot of people get to visit. And- yeah. Yeah. This, this was like the coolest version of the, like early survivor we kind of have those like weird like camping trip things that they yeah, do like uh-huh. in in like pearl islands it was the car or whatever and they had to camp in the car yeah <laughs> like it was like the version of that yeah but there it was, was a tent in the cooler. car <laughs> burton's gmc envoy yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah this was a really Man. cool really cool reward one of the like better ones we've seen i thought it was weird how where they like had them sleep it was just like in some like random (laughs) shrine area i'm like this doesn't seem like cool (laughs) this is where they're they're sleeping obviously they like were you know told to sleep there but (laughs) yeah i'm i'm curious how much of them sleeping there was like the 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 producers were like well, it needs to be a cool place like it can't uh-huh. just be like <laughs> i wondered if like they just if it's such like a or because it's so place, reserved yeah <laughs> if they weren't allowed to go into the places where the people actually like, oh yeah i wondered about yeah that. that could absolutely but be even it. so like they had these little mats on the ground it was very mm-hmm. low-key but all i could think was like literally anything is better than what they have to yeah. sleep in every night so i'm sure that this was just yeah. like five star for them pillows and a roof yeah yeah let's go ahead through some of these other points in the episode i, I as always have some questions and some notes here um we talked about how big of a flip this payoff was bad reward challenge even if there's not a big build up to it but especially because there's a build up to it it's very bad um, I want to talk about the choices that PG made to bring along on the reward, right? This, especially as we get late in the game, can become a pretty, like, pivotal thing, um, is who, when you go on a reward, you choose to take along with you because it creates two really distinct groups, right? Um, Emily, PG brings along Eric and Denise on this reward. Eric, of course, who she's been with. The whole time, Denise, who she perceives as being on the bottom. Um, what did you think about this choice to bring those two along? Do you think that maybe there is a that was a mistake or or do you support um, her choices? Um, I think they made sense. Of course, she would pick Eric because he's on her side. Um, I think she's PG's a smart player. I really yeah. like her a lot. And I think that she's doing everything that she can in this game. She's thinking steps ahead which not a lot of people were seeing them like think that way or at least express that so i think um she's noticing that denise is not like she were recently was not part of like a voting decision with her alliance so like she is kind of on the outs a lot 
And so I think it makes sense for her to have chosen Denise. What is interesting to me is that Amanda is starting to have doubts. And I think if she would have, I, I wanted Denise to go on this challenge on this reward because I thought it was amazing, but strategically Amanda would have been very interesting mm -hmm. because Amanda is starting to think through like, how do I make my move? How do I make sure that I get to the final? And I don't think PG has been able to see that. Yeah. Um, but that would have been really cool to see. Yeah. I wonder like if you leave Eric behind, like knowing that he's probably yeah. going to be with you. Right. Like, I wonder if you take a Denise and an Amanda, if you're able to, to do something a little bit, um, bigger here. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good point. Scott, did you have a reaction to PG's reward challenge? Um, the people that she brought along? Um, no, I tried to like, cause yeah, like I think at that point we had seen like maybe the crack starting to form with like Amanda, like we had seen that, but like obviously like PG hasn't seen that. Yeah. So like I get like bringing Denise along. I feel like that's kind of like a, if you're looking at the four or five of them, it's like Denise probably might seems like at least to me, the one that you might automatically go with. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it. I didn't really have like a big problem with it or anything. Yeah, this reward's great. We talk about it. Um, Denise is a black belt. That's wild. She kind of gets put on the spot to do like a little um, form demonstration in front of all the like Shaolin effing monks. Like, <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? Because I, I forgot about that. And I was like, oh, gosh, I really wish I would have brought that up because what an amazing thing that happened. Like, so yeah. I that you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. She did, I mean, I don't know anything about martial arts, but. She was like so humble about it. And then she just did it. And yeah. They were nice about it. They were. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm sure they, that were. they were like, wow, but they were really kind about it, which was, I'm sure that was amazing for her. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What was the highlight of the, um, the performance of the monks for you? They, there were some wild things that they were doing <laughs> with the various, um, weapons and moves. <laughs> uh, okay. So I've, I've seen these YouTube videos where the Shaolin monks will break the metal on their forehead. Yes. <laughs> I will never cease to like amaze me. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. It's wild. <laughs> Did you see? I love that they cut to PG right after they do that, too. And PG's mm -hmm. just like, <laughs> like just oh, horrified. Oh God. <laughs> He's like bleeding from his forehead. <laughs> it's like, this is fine. I really like the uh no, the I, weird I like the jump the rope chains was, yes yeah <laughs> the the butt jump rope was good too yeah, <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that was probably mine yeah good stuff um he was being like a skip bow with his <laughs> <laughs> he was sitting on the ground like he was just jumping over yes. on his bottom just jumping over this rope that was flinging around on the ground i don't know it how was, to explain it was chain, that in audio yeah. version yeah yeah what was that like that toy that was advertised on like Nickelodeon when we were a kid it was like a, a like a loop around your ankle that you would like spin around in a circle yes. and jump over? You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Skip bow. Yep. I'm looking it up. I had one. It would count. The it would count how many. <laughs> Skip bow is a card game. If you got your leg with it, it hurt so bad. It was hard plastic. How do you skip bow is a card game? How do you spell? Or, skip dang it. Okay. What is it called? 
Skip 2090s. Let's find out. Yeah, we're going on. Maybe skip this... it. Okay, I was so close. Skip it. <laughs> My first thought was bop it, but that's not the thing. <laughs> well, if you mix bop it and skip go together, we got it. Yeah. Gop it. Maybe the winner gets a skip it. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I bet China invented it. Probably. Um, at Scott's request, we've got a um a great little scene here when they return from the reward challenge. Um, people are hanging out in the cave, and we get to hear from Courtney about her her true feelings um regarding their little cave at camp. The cave is the best thing I have right now. The cave is my happy place. What I don't like is when everyone and their damn mother decides that they like the cave too. It's like, you know, PG comes sidling up in there. And I'm like, I'm going to kill you. And then you want to start talking about stuff? No, get out of here. Get out. No talking in the cave. <laughs> no talking in the cave. <laughs> oh. Cave is the best thing I have right now. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's real like 2020 energy too <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> cave is the best thing i have right now <laughs> yeah yeah i was just laughing watching that clip what a so delight funny. courtney is <laughs> yep. it was uh, so good like <laughs> I'm glad Courtney didn't get to go to the Shaolin Temple. Oh yeah. my god, I I wish Courtney got to go to the Shaolin Temple. Can you imagine? Her just, she, would have I, been. she would just stand there with her arms crossed, like yeah. 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 this is stupid. Unamused. Like the coolest thing ever, yeah. The cave is the best thing I have right now. <laughs> oh, um, okay, let's talk about Amanda, because this is really a big episode from Amanda. We are given the story that this is her idea to vote James out. Um, in most of the season, we've seen this this tandem of Todd and Amanda working really closely together. And usually it's Todd who has the like rambunctious uh, shake things up decision or idea. And Amanda's the one who's cautioning him, like slowing him down. Right. But this time we get the inverse, right? Something is flipped, at least for Amanda, where now she's the one in this case who's got the idea. And Todd's the one who's a little bit apprehensive, but who acquiesces to um, to Amanda's idea here. So, yeah, Adam, I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on what you think may have changed for Amanda. Um, and if you think this is good timing for her to um, put the put the foot down on the pedal, so to speak. Uh, well, we know that Amanda is being shifted into the leader role because uh, PG comes up to her to tell her that James has the immunity idols, mm. um, which has happened to Todd like seven yeah, times that's at this true. point. And in this episode, it's like, oh, Amanda gets told now because she's in charge. Um, so we have this like actual visual representation of her leadership. That's but, a great uh, point. I, I think I so Amanda runs the risk of getting to the final if she continued on her course before this episode she runs the risk of getting to the final and todd taking credit for everything that they've done not giving her credit for calming him down pulling him back and doing what needs to be done correctly mm -hmm. and she basically winds up in the like hannah situation where yeah. like she made so many decisions in millennials versus gen x she like did what needed to be done yeah but no one gave her credit for what what and it was. trish what is with these women and trish yeah exactly just 
taken this role. Exactly. <laughs> they so, stand up. <laughs> so this is this is a really good move for her in, in trying to circumvent that like pigeonhole that happens yeah. to women in Survivor for any number of reasons. Um, Sexism is the yeah. main one. <laughs> the, the, the big one. The patriarchy. The patriarchy. The big one. So. So this is a good step for her in that, that she can point to James and say, like, I made the decision to vote him out. I also made the decision to get rid of, you know, so-and-so John Robert and yeah. like kept Todd from doing this and kept Todd from doing that. And she has like validity behind her because she has this big move. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's a really good move in her game. Uh, it's going to, I am curious to see what she does with Todd. I feel like they've been like teasing that she's going to flip on Todd for like, half the season at this point yeah and i think it's a good move for her to flip on todd because that really puts her in the driver's seat of the rest of the game but uh this this move on james was i mean she she didn't make a big move early on she waited until it was right she waited until she had the total power in the game and then made the move yeah and took out people who could potentially get rid of her so I, I honestly like this is an incredible move from her, like winning a million dollar standpoint. Mm. Yeah, Emily, we've like almost glossed over most of Amanda's stuff to this, like to this point. We she's got one goat point. And mm -hmm. no participation trophy points, right? Uh, what do you yeah. think about? Yes. Yeah. What do you think about Amanda's game and, and spot at this point? Yeah, I think kind of what Adam said, like we've heard her like in her confessional she is thinking strategically about the game and she's calling out what she's seeing as like we need to address this i think this is the right move next so like she's definitely you know in control of the game thinking through those things but i think yes in this episode we're really seeing her saying yeah i'm going to take charge of that and actually lead these decisions as i'm seeing things play out um and that's not to, I guess her game was just more subtle in the past. Like mm -hmm. you said, we haven't been giving her those big points, but that's not to say that she's not been strategic and she's not been instrumental in the things that have been happening. I think, yeah, she's it's, just coming to the forefront of decisions. Yeah. It, it's hard to give someone a go point for just talking someone out of voting for someone sure, else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like so, super important, but it's very subtle. Right. So. It's, yeah. It's, it's one of those things that like, it is extremely important to the game but not like a big goat move, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the way that we've been giving out goat points. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I've seen her game as being almost more like conservative up to this point. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's been very much like Todd saying, I want to go do this. And she's like, wait a minute, let's not blow the game up. Yeah. So yeah, for that reason, yeah, it's hard to like give a goat point for that. It's, it's a very Hannah-esque game though. Mm hmm yeah like thinking okay. about back to the way that hannah played millennials versus gen x is like she would sit there and she was really playing like both sides of this coin and kind of trying you know really fluid and soft and trying to make everyone feel like they were safe with her until she couldn't anymore mm -hmm. and she had to make a hard move and then she made her hard move <clears throat> yeah i was really struck with like the the inverse of how things normally go this episode right like that so many times we've seen it's like todd's like I want to do this. And Amanda's like, whoa, 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 like, hold on. Let's talk about this. And this time Amanda's like, we need to vote out James. And Todd's like, whoa, 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 <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> hold on. Um, 
And yeah, ultimately, Amanda has her way. And I think that I wonder if Todd being uh, less on board with it has had more to do with it not being his idea than <laughs> the move itself. <laughs> um, also have to note, I don't know if I've mentioned this to this point, but I think that Amanda Kimmel is the most blurred survivor ever. Uh, yeah. Can we talk? Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, it is 2007. She's wearing a camo bathing suit because it's 2007. And because it's 2007, she's wearing boy short cut uh, bathing suit bottoms, mm -hmm. which you would think would be more like shorts. They're not. They just go in your butt. That's just what they do. <laughs> That's what boy shorts do, though. So, yes, I mean, it's like true. it's aptly named. Yes, yeah. sure. That's yeah. all the boys are wearing those shorts. Yeah. So, yes, her bottom is blurred anytime it's in the frame and every time we're seeing this it's becoming a problem i'm like will you just for the love of god it's give amanda some pants <laughs> like you're just making her walk around with her bottom out that's so rude I like, feel like i the... understand it's survivor but can we have some respect <laughs> for people <laughs> I feel like for me though, like the blurring almost draws more attention to it. <laughs> yes. no, I 100 percent agree. With like, that. I yes. like I wouldn't think anything otherwise. So I'm like, oh, what's this blur? Oh, okay, that's what that is. Okay. <laughs> the question, the question really is like, there's someone sitting in the studio and saying, "No, that's not a high enough percentage of her butt. We don't have to blur <laughs> right. that." Yeah. Right. It's like, when did you make the call? And when you made Where's the call, the line? you just cover her booty. <laughs> It would probably cost less a pair of shorts <laughs> compared to the time that people have to take to blur her booty out. Come on. Yeah, the blur artist is getting overtime this season. Yeah. <laughs> I the one, she's the one who like loses her top in uh one of the yeah, uh -huh, she uh -huh. did, didn't and she? she's like, My mom's gonna kill me. Like yeah. she's like she is legitimately blurred so often. She is. Well, and you know, this because this was one of those seasons where they didn't give them anything. Yeah. Anyway, right. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, it's rugged. We appreciate it. But also, you know, when when you're 30 days in and your old navy bathing suit didn't last. <laughs> Imagine that. Maybe give somebody something else to wear. <laughs> I, I do believe that she is the most blurred survivor ever. <laughs> it's, Probably. I can't. I so think that it's rude. the most. <laughs> and they did that to Jean Robert, too. They would blur the front of his belly, <laughs> the bottom of his belly. I don't know what was sticking out there. Yeah. I was like, just give him a drawstring <laughs> or a belt. Because like, you're subjecting all these survivors to apparently people not wearing the clothes they're trying to wear. I don't know. <laughs> That's my soapbox. I've been holding that in for a couple episodes. Now. I'm yeah. so glad we've given you a platform to so get that off your So thank you for chest. bringing that up. I would love to know what Amanda's thinking this whole season. She's probably uncomfortable. Probably like her mom's going to kill her. Yeah. That's I mean, no 2000, way to play Survivor. 2007, Twitter's not like huge yet. Yeah. So we probably didn't get, we probably don't have record of her live tweeting Survivor. Probably not. Great. Probably not. I would love. I would love to see what her live tweeting survivor looks like. Do they like. do that now? Do the survivors do that now? And they like tweet during the episodes, don't they? Yeah, do there's they? there's some pretty heavy, especially now though, like uh, some pretty heavy like NDLA stuff regarding that, such that like yeah, famously some players have like 
been told to stop tweeting during seasons because they're like giving away too much. Like Mary Mary. No, not Mary Mary. <laughs> What's her name? <laughs> Was it Prue? Prue. I Prue, immediately thought Prue that. tweeted the winner of uh, Great British Bake Off one season, like immediately after they oh, no. declared the winner, not before it. Like <laughs> they, hadn't, they hadn't aired any of the episodes yet. <laughs> yeah. Tony famously gotten some. He was like a heavy, heavy Twitter user during his during Kagiyan. Um, and famously gotten some Twitter spats with some other survivors who were um, criticizing his chaotic gameplay. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, hard to believe, right? I I love Twitter because we can fight about anything now. Um, <laughs> All we needed was a platform for it. All we That's needed we was were a missing. platform. <laughs> Up until Twitter, we were just screaming into the void. And exactly. <laughs> just now I can TV. find the other side. <laughs> well, interestingly, there's one particular season. This is such a tangent, but um, it's Survivor Karamoan, which is not a good season. But it's kind of when like Twitter becomes like like a ubiquitous thing. Right. And like there's multiple survivors in the reunion show who are like shouting out their Twitter handle. Like Jeff's talking about how like he says something along the lines of like, you know, it, it used to be that you watch these shows and now and you just like yell at your TV. But now you can like get online and actually like say, hey, I don't like you, you know, on Twitter or whatever. Yeah, it's just it's really interesting. Like you see a very like a line in the sand moment in like Survivor Karamoan. I'm, I would be curious and I don't know how to do this analysis, but I would be curious to see like the difference in. Like opinion polls of villains hmm. like in old survivor before twitter became a thing and like new survivor where yeah. twitter is like rampant yeah i think that there yeah there's like two types of villains there's like um like the fun villains that are like fun to root against because they're like mischievous and like whatever and then there's the villains that are like oh you're just like a bad person <laughs> i so I'm I'm logged into the Outwatch Twitter, which we don't use at all. No, nope, uh, but not at all. <laughs> but because of that, I get a lot of like Survivor related tweets, like push notifications yeah. to my phone. And every once in a while, it'll be like, "No one likes Johnny Fairplay today." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah, par for the it's course. Qu quite amusing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this vote here, um, because ultimately, what happens is everybody gets on board to vote out James. Um, PG puts her vote on Todd, but she knows what's going on. That's more of like a security measure in case James does play his idol. Um, I wanted to hear your thought on if you're PG and Eric, what the best way to play this vote is now that you know that this majority alliance is going to pick off James or, or at least that's their plan. Do you think they're, choice to basically just go along with it and let them take out James and survive another day was the right move or do you think this is a missed opportunity to kind of parlay this into something bigger Adam you're shaking your head and this was the biggest misstep that PG's made so far I didn't even think about this because I was so proud of her putting her votes on Todd because like that's so smart yeah because she can get Todd out but if she would have said something, if to she James, had said something to James, she could have like all, I did literally, think about literally all she has to do is I go thought to James. about this a lot. All, all she has to do is go to James and say, hey, 
I'm really confident that they're voting you out tonight. I know that you think they're voting for me. And so here's what I propose. I'm going to vote for Todd. Eric is going to vote for Todd. You play your idol. That's it. Vote for who you're going to vote for. Don't even vote for Todd. Just play your idol. Yeah. Like that's literally all she has to do. Put just enough doubt in his head to play his idol. And then James comes back to the camp and PG's like, I was honest with you. Like, Uh how is this not the play? Yeah. I did not even think about that. I did not even think about that watching the episode. Uh, I was so upset with PG for this. I did briefly think about it, actually. But I was like, you'd really have to trust that James has the right response. You've really got to thread the needle. Yeah, because I feel like he could get really mad at his alliance. Yeah. And try and blow it up. And then they would like switch to PG or something. Yeah. I think no, but like, and that's the thing is like, I think you just look at him and you say like, here's the deal. Like they're going to vote for you. Like I'm very confident, but what I propose is you, I mean, even like you tell me who you want to get rid of. Okay. If they are voting for you, mm-hmm. who do you want gone? And me and Eric will vote for that person. Okay. You play your idol. That person will be gone. And then we come back to camp mm-hmm. and you get to make your play. Like, like you're basically just like handing James a free play here where it's like worst case scenario. PG's lying to him. He loses an idol and PG's still gone. Mm-hmm. It's like I, it's just, she just didn't play it at all. And it was so upsetting. <laughs> like, yeah, but she didn't know probably until the very end. Right. But I mean, who knows? Well, it was daylight when she possible. found out. So yeah. there's time because <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of her energy was spent on trying to save her skin and then finally realizing. She might need to trust Amanda. Mm-hmm. But she probably wasn't even in the headspace. Yeah. And then, I mean, you're, we're at like what? But like you're right. Day like, 30 or something yeah. like that. Like you're day 30, you're malnourished. I get it. Like you're, you're right, though. Like she probably had enough time to think through that and just make that play. That I just really interesting. That, that was the thing that kind of blew my mind is PG basically was like, okay, James is gone. I'm going to trust that that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And like she didn't set herself up to be in a powerful position afterwards. Yeah. Like she's in basically the same position now. Mm-hmm. And that just like was so frustrating to watch because PG is a smart player. Yeah, yeah. She is. yeah, I think that the I, I was thinking through this a lot because I was kind of playing all these scenarios out too, having, you know, rewatched this for the first time since I originally watched it. But like your risk for sure, if you're PG is you say something like this to James and James, yeah, goes back to the rest of the group and is like, Hey, what are you guys doing? PG told me this. And everyone's like, okay, let's just vote out PG then. And she's gone. Right. And then, and you blow up your own spot. But yeah, there's an upside here. If you can, like we've been saying, if you can thread the needle, I think to get, to get James to play an idol and idol out someone else that maybe now you've got like James on your side and you're at three, three and you can like flip things. But it is you've really got to like that would be an, a top level uh, play to swing all that off. I think when you're playing from down, though, it. Yeah. Like, what's really your worst case scenario? Like, you just get voted out a few spots early. Like, right. I don't know. <laughs> and you can't like blame her in that spot to say, like, I thought it was me. And look, I've been gifted this thing. They're going to vote out James. It's not me anymore. Great. I'll take it, you know. Yeah. But if you really want to win or put yourself in a better place to do so, it's like maybe this is a chance to turn this into something more. 
Um, there is a uh, a Jeff moment in Tribal Council that I laughed out loud at. I didn't pull the clip, but um, he asks, I believe, Todd or maybe James. He says, like, do you, do you trust people in this game? How important is trust? Whatever they answer. And then Jeff says, and of course, the opposite of trust is not trust. <laughs> like, thanks, probes. Thanks. Who's <laughs> coming up with that one on the fly? Uh, one more question here, and then we'll we'll wrap up and move on to the last part of our show. Uh, we've watched four and I don't know three quarters of sur- seasons of Survivor now. Um, three of which idols are in play. We've got some data now. Um, adding James being voted out because he has two idols to that data pool. Um, Scott, I'll ask you this question first. Are idols bad? (laughs) (laughs) Do you actually want a hidden immunity idol? That's a good question. (laughs) On its face, yeah, you do. But I do feel like... I feel like half the time people don't even play them or like they don't play them correctly. Right. And it just puts like a target on your back. So it's a good question. I don't really know the answer. I'm beginning to think that maybe we see more instances of idols being the reason you lose than the reason that you advance. Yeah, especially if everybody knows that you have one or two. Two idols. I'm on Survivor with two idols. (laughs) 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 Any other takes here? Are idols bad? Yeah, they're bad. I, <laughs> I've been I've been saying this for seasons. Like, have. idols don't do crap for you <laughs> unless like you're Jay, and then it's like somehow deflected like votes for multiple multiple times until they finally like convince him to play it on mm-hmm. a time when it's not going to do anything to him. I don't know. I think that like idols are. It's just they're so hard to play correctly. Mm-hmm. That like I, I've said this previous seasons, you you basically should never play an idol on yourself. Like the only good time to play an idol is when you're playing it on someone else, unless that other person is going to vote you out. But it's uh... <laughs> but that's you know like it's just it's so hard to play an idol correctly. I just I don't I don't I don't get it. So there's this other podcast I listen to kind of that's about another game um, uh, about a board game. And uh, he's like, the he's like a world champion in this board game. But he played uh, a season of Survivor, but not the CBS show. I think I sent it to you guys a link to like this weird like thing that happens in like Tennessee. Oh, Um, oh, is it is it an online game or is it like uh, like a low budget Survivor production? It's like a low budget Survivor production. Like you go there, it's like eight days long. You camp, you know, it's like all that stuff. So he he went and played that um, and he was talking about it and he found the hidden immunity idol and he was like i didn't want it the only reason i was looking for it is because everyone else was and it would be weird if i wasn't looking for it mm. and so he found it so he went and found someone else and brought him back to the spot and like pointed to it it was like there it is it's yours <laughs> like because huh. he didn't want it and i'm like honestly i get it like, interesting immunity hidden immunity idols are dumb <laughs> very interesting yeah 
that's the thing we haven't seen yet. I don't think is an no. explicit like. I found an idol, but I don't want it. Maybe maybe we have, and it just didn't make edit. I think everyone keeps it. I yeah. don't know. It's really hard to like separate the like. I have this thing that can protect me in a tribal council. It's really hard to separate that like silo of information from like the massive amount of data that this doesn't help you in any way, shape or form most of the time. <laughs> and it's so easy to say, like, well, just keep it a secret. You know, like that seems to be the differentiating factor is if you tell other people about it, it gets markedly worse. But you're on this beach with freaking nothing to do for <laughs> a month plus. Like, eventually, you just tell someone because you're bored, if nothing else. Or someone goes through your stuff because they're bored. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Jamie going through James's pants instead of Eric's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we lose James. Let's do uh, our GOAT and participation trophies here, and then we'll move on to our fantasy uh, scoring updates. Let's see, who would like to award their goats first? Adam, would you care to do the honors? Sure. Uh, I think Amanda is going to get my goat. Um, she gets my goat. <laughs> Every time. Uh, I mean, she she made her big move yeah. and she made it really well. She made it, it was really clean. It was a good blind side. Um, yeah, it was a think hard pressed to find someone who did better. And who gets your participation trophy? Um, man, I really want to give it to PG because she didn't do anything with the information. <laughs> she wasn't going home. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I don't think that PG like is I, again. I don't think she's a bad player. I, I totally understand why she made this move, but like. I feel like she just didn't capitalize on this moment. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Emily, what about you? Um, I agree with Amanda as the goat. The goat. She, yeah, she did orchestrate the vote. The goat, goat vote. Goat vote. <clears throat> and I'm going to give my participation trophy to Eric. He participated <laughs> in a lot of events. But he and PG together did not make I, moves. OK, so something that happened with Eric is he was debating whether he should vote for Todd or James, because yep. if I vote for Todd, then they might not like me anymore. Yep, that also happened. <laughs> I was just like, what do you want about? They don't like you now. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. Another reason to get him participation. Yeah, that's, that's a good choice. <laughs> Eric is literally in the show. Yeah, I <laughs> Scott, what about you? Um, I'm gonna just make it a clean sweep. Amanda for goat. Amanda for goat. Amanda for goat. Um, my participation trophy. I was gonna give it to PG too because I told her like, don't do anything, and she didn't. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even really talk about that scene. There's that scene where where PG comes to Amanda and's like, "Hey, I think James has the idols. Do you like know about this? Do you even know that this is a thing?" And Amanda's like, "Yes, I know it's a thing." And then she's like, "Well, maybe you should vote out James." And Amanda literally like this was really interesting how she played this. She was like, "It would be in your best interest if you 
just voted for James and didn't tell anyone. And she like winks at her. Mm-hmm. This was really interesting. It was weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like at that point, you can just tell her, <laughs> like, what are you? Yeah. What are you hiding? Well, what is the subtlety here that you're shooting for? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to be um, contrarian here and give a point to Denise uh, because it's time she got on the board in the goat department. And also um, she also has a great episode and does karate at a Shaolin temple. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and let's see participation trophy this time. I um, am going to give to James. Because he got voted out with two idols. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. So let's move on to our fantasy update. Adam, upon losing uh, James here, you're down to just one remaining member um, in Denise. However, you still hold the slightest of leads. Scott, your human beings tribe pulled in 35 points this week. You're sitting at 415. Emily, your Le Jouet tribe pulled in 30 points and you're at 425. And Adam, your tribe only pulled in 10 points. Your lead ever slimming, though hanging on by a thread, you're up to 430. That's a five point lead over Emily and a 15 point lead over Scott. <sighs> any comments here from any of our players? Heading into the home stretch, we've got two more episodes and then the finale. Oh, I have a comment. <laughs> so we did a March Madness bracket. Yeah. With my extended family, like aunts, cousins, <laughs> friends. Uh, Adam made his bracket literally by flipping a coin. And guess who's number one in this? <laughs> Is there are Adam? people who care about these these basketball games, and Adam is number one. I don't think I'm number one anymore. Well, you were for weeks. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm not surprised because we play a game of chance with Survivor, and Adam is always in the lead. Oh, no, I'm still number one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> still number one. Who did the coin give you as the winner? VCU. Oh, well, Guess how many out. points remaining I have. Yeah. Well, Zero? Eight. <laughs> Not what you want. Emily also has eight points for me. She is well below me. Number five, right? Yeah. Ridiculous. There, there is someone who has zero points remaining, though. That's tough. Michaela. She's not last, though. Fun fact. Yeah. So that happened, and I was like, you know what? I'm incensed, but also I'm not surprised. <laughs> All right. Any last notes here before we close the book on this episode? Cool. Thank you for listening to this episode of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. Next time on Outwatch, we will continue with our Survivor Rewatch journey as we move on to the 12th episode of the season titled going for the Oscar. Make sure that you're subscribed or following us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a rate and review. That helps us a whole lot. And check out our listener support in the description. Uh, that will help us continue to make this show for all of your Survivor rewatch needs. We will see you next time. <laughs>